Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. This week's episode is with Candace Cameron Bure, which I kind of can't believe I'm saying out loud, but I got to have the best conversation with her about sex. (laughs) We talked about married sex. We talked about the shame and the stigma that tends to surround sexuality within Christianity. We talked about having really open conversations with your kids about sex and how to navigate that well. It's definitely one of my favorite interviews I have ever gotten to do. Candace is the realest deal and genuinely is who you think she is. And I can't wait for you to hear this episode. All right. Welcome to the show, Candice. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on it. So you really don't need an introduction, which is great because we can just jump in on the good (laughs) stuff because we're going to have like a fun conversation and it might get a little spicy and that's, I'm here for that. It's very on brand. (laughs) It's very on brand, brand for, for you or Christian. for me? For me. Oh, okay, very on okay. brand for Crappy Christian. By the way, <laughs> I love that your podcast is called The Crappy Christian. I love it so much. Thank you. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's- it took it a minute to get off the ground. <laughs> it took people a minute to be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and then now people love it. So yeah, you just got to push through sometimes. Yeah. Well, thank you. That means a lot. So you are going to kind of share some backstory. You posted a super cute picture back in September and it went a little sideways. And so I want to talk about it first. I want you to kind of share like what happened. Uh, okay. So I, <laughs> I, well, for those of you who may casually follow me on Instagram, you will know that my husband is not on Instagram very often. I call him the unicorn because he only makes an appearance of, couple times of year. He does not have any social media himself. He's a private person. He, we like have to ask him permission <laughs> to share. My him. husband's the same way. Yeah. Fun fact, way smaller platform, but he's the same way. Yes. So you get it. So my husband and I were having lunch with our son, Lev back in September and it was so pretty out. And I said, honey, let's take a few pictures together. And he was like, okay, that's fine. So we took a few pictures and at the very end of it, he had his arm draped around me, around my shoulder. And then the very last picture, he grabbed my boob, like put it, his hand over and it was super funny and cute. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. Can I please post this? And he was like, that one? Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it was all in good fun and I posted it and little did I know I posted it on story, by the way, which makes the photo disappear 24 hours later Mm -hmm. because I just thought it was cute and silly. But then I had all these DMs and messages. A lot were positive, but there's always that really good handful. And I have a I mean, I have over four and a half million followers on Instagram. So when I say a good handful, I'm not talking about 10. You know what I mean? Like the percentages uh, don't work out there. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So there was a good handful that were like, oh, that's so inappropriate that you posted that as a Christian. You should be more modest. And this isn't something that you should be sharing this type of affection. It's that's for private. And there was enough of it where it 
bothered me. <laughs> so, and I don't get bothered very easily. I, I get lots of trolls on social media and I'm really good about letting it roll. And I'm always trying to come back with something kind and classy and positive to say, but I stood up for it for the very reason you pointed out, which is why when I saw your post, I connected with you because I loved what you had to say. I was like, you know what, guys? I've been married for 24 years. I'm a Christian. My husband's a Christian. And I'm really proud that we've managed to stay married for 24 years. And not and like roommate fact, married. <laughs> right. And the fact that we have fun and we flirt together, this is part of what makes our marriage work and why I'm not bored. And this is something to be celebrated as a Christian. Sex doesn't stop once you get married. Sex is the blessing of marriage. And I hate when Christians are like, no, you have to pretend like you've never had sex. <laughs> and we only know that you've had sex three times because you've had three children. Like, <laughs> And like, fingers crossed, one of those is immaculate conception. <laughs> right, like exactly. <laughs> So sometimes there's there's a skew about sex that within the Christian community that I get really sad about because if we are to promise ourselves pro promise ourselves for one another and preach saving yourself for marriage then sex needs to be celebrated within marriage and yes. we're it's not to be shameful so anyway I understand that not everyone wants to like have a picture of their spouse grabbing their boob, but like, I'm, I'm a fun person. And to me, yeah. that picture was totally fun and flirty and silly. And so I just had to stand up for it. But I loved, I absolutely loved what you wrote. And I had lots of comments, but yours really stood out to me because I connected with it thinking, I, Okay, we're just going to dive into this now. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's um, do it. Well, and so it's worth pointing out that you went back and posted it in your feed. You were like, exactly. um, absolutely not. I'm not sorry. And I was like, I literally was like cheering for you. Yeah, I, I did. Thank you. Thank you. I did post it because I, I actually thought it was that important to, re, to repost it in the main feed and what's crazy is once I then posted it in the main feed and I stood up for it, it went completely viral. It was crazy to me the amount of press and coverage and news stations it was actually on. It was crazy. It was like a slow news week, guys. Like Yeah, exactly. But exactly. I do think that there was probably a degree of exactly what you're saying of like, whoa, Christian, fun, sex, these don't compute. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And it was, it's, I laugh because you look at other people in the media and listen, I'm not one to compare myself to anyone. And I'm not one to say like, oh, well they're doing it. And, and I'm, I'm not, mine's not as bad as theirs. Like it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm making my own choices, but I do laugh at the fact that it really was a very fun, innocent photo. And what we do see in media about sex, it was so incredibly mild that that's <laughs> right. why it surprised me that it got so much coverage. Right. Exactly. Comparatively, like, and, and I think in the series of posts that I posted about, because this was like a month or so, or maybe it was just like a week after you had posted that, but I had gotten on, when I got on my stories, I posted that like, Christian PDA or something was a blocked hashtag, but like you could find what right, <laughs> like right. the censorship is indicative to me of what we're doing here, which is which kind of leads us into what the whole conversation was about was that like sex and shame are so like coincidingly handed to Christians mm -hmm. once they're, when, when they're introduced to sex, that was my take on it was, and this isn't to like dog on the people that were leaving negative comments, but it just see it, the way that it seemed was there's so much shame infused into that conversation that we have to project it on other people. Yes. I agree with you. And, and I kind of came from that culture only in the sense that 
I will say like, I have the best parents. I love my mom and dad. I'm super close to them, but my mom didn't talk to me about sex. And I also have two older sisters. So I kind of learn things from my sisters because I asked them and it's not even that my mom, it was like, so shameful. I just don't think she was comfortable talking about it. And so mm-hmm. once I married Val, I was married at 18. I met, or sorry, I met him at 18, married at 20, and then went on to have three kids between 22 and 25 years old. <laughs> yeah. But like, I didn't know anything about sex. And right. so we figured it all out together, which obviously, you know, that's, what, that's what you do. Right, but, right. But for, for several years, I'll be, this is, this is the first time I'm ever discussing this on a podcast. I'm just letting you know. I'm so excited. <laughs> <Discuss> <laughs> this with my girlfriends, but, but happy to share this because I lived in such a fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to be a sexual person because I have to save myself. God is going to look back, you know, is going to think negatively of me if I'm, having sex or doing things or fooling around. And so there was such a a shame culture on it that when I got married, I was like, I don't know how to adjust my brain right now. I don't know. Like just flip a switch. I'm supposed to flip a switch and now embrace this and all of a sudden be a sexual person for my husband and enjoy it. And yet for so many, so many times, especially in the beginning, but for a few years, I would have sex with my husband thinking like, oh my gosh, is God looking at me? And like, is this bad? Is he mad? Is he not? Yeah. But, I, but I'm married, so I should be honoring, but it's very difficult to flip that switch. And it has taken years to kind of work through it and then understand it and enjoy it and then embrace it. And now I embrace it so much to the point that my kids are like, mom, (laughs) please stop talking about sex. Please stop. But I've always been super open, which was kind of the opposite of my mom because I didn't want them to have that dichotomy in their brain about sex. I'm like, dude, this is a gift. Like celebrate it, know it, enjoy it, enjoy one another. And, you know, I'm always telling my kids, if you have questions, like now I love, I love talking about it. And I love being a person. I want to always be open. And I have been with my children and with other people. Like, do you have questions? Like, let me help or let me talk to you because we don't, we don't as a Christian culture do that well yet. We don't talk about sex, especially within marriage or an abstinent culture and then getting into marriage. We don't do that transition well. Well, and it's exactly the transition that you said that it's one thing to go from sex is bad to sex is okay. Like that's a brain jump, but then it's a whole nother thing to enjoying it Mm -hmm. and then embracing it and not being apologetic or feeling weird or squirmy. There's, there's steps to that. And I, I always joke that it's, you know, sex is bad. Sex is bad. Sex is bad. You wore a pretty dress and said some words in front of some people. Now sex is good. Right. Like your brain (laughs) cannot make that jump. And and I I got married at 22 and had all of my babies before I was 27. Math is hard. 27. (laughs) And so we, and what's interesting is that for us, and it, he's given me like free reign to talk about all this, but like my husband struggled to mm-hmm. like turn his brain around. And then the other side of that is you're raised in a culture that tells you men think about sex every seven seconds. And then you marry somebody who's having that, his own internal struggle. And then that it adds a whole nother layer of why doesn't he want to have sex with me? I thought men were supposed to want to have sex all the time. Like, so we've just, we've built such a wall around it thinking we're protecting people when we're really just doing them a total disservice. Yes. I agree. You, you grew up with these Christian ideals, but in a different like environment than a lot of us have experienced being in the public eye. And I know that your parents did a lot to protect you, but what did those worlds ever collide for you? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing though. Um, I became a Christian at 12 years old and, 
and before that, I was not raised in a quote unquote Christian home. Mm -hmm. My mom was always a believer, but my dad was not. And so we didn't go to church when I was younger. We didn't pray. We didn't read the Bible. And it wasn't until I was 12, we started going to church, but I was raised in a very moral home and Mm -hmm. they had a lot of the Christian principles, but my parents wouldn't call them that. Right. And didn't recognize them as those. Although my mom, my mom did, but my dad would not. When I did become a Christian, still at 12, you're a kid, you know? Right. And you're kind of going through some of the motions of that. I mean, I know in my heart, I absolutely loved God and believed in Jesus, that he died for my sins and all of that. But I didn't understand it completely and grasp it all. And I'm, and, and I certainly was not reading my Bible every day as a teenager. Mm -hmm. So I was not really growing in my faith. It was, and I would say the same for my time at home with my family, even though we are all Christians now, my parents, my sisters, my brother, um, and respectively, our families, we are Christians now, but we all came to faith at different times and mm-hmm. ages in our lives. So even though I was a Christian at 12, my family life didn't change at home as far as it's not like we were doing Bible studies together as a family or praying right. even before meals. Like I never did that at home. Right. I've done that very differently with my kids. So when I look at the culture that I was raising at home, it, I wouldn't say it was like a traditional Christian household yeah. in that way where you, if you talk to like a preacher's kid, <laughs> you right. know. Right. But it wasn't devoid of it either. No, not at all. Not right. at all. So very moral home. So when you think about the entertainment industry, you think about all the bad things. But I worked with really great people and really really nice people. And it was a very family-friendly atmosphere because because there were kids on the show. And so, of course, being in Hollywood, my parents really shielded me a lot from the outside world in Hollywood. And it really Mm -hmm. was based upon just being in the studio at my job during my work. And I worked with wonderful people. So I don't know how to answer that. Like, I feel like I got the the best of both worlds as far as working in the entertainment industry as a kid. Of course I was exposed to more than most kids would be, but I worked with good people. And for the most part, you know, the moms were always there looking out and making sure no one was totally inappropriate, although there right. was lots of inappropriate stuff right. to but like I think see that, as a kid. Right. But I think that that probably, I don't know, if, as somebody who grew up watching Full House, it's like, oh, good. Like it was as good as it seemed. And you like, you yeah. did have a childhood and, and didn't experience some of the things that there are kids have experienced after you, you know, that you didn't have. I don't, yeah, I did not have that experience because you read horror stories of child actors and there's lots of them still today that are coming out and you hear about, I mean, awful, the pedophilia. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is Mm -hmm. such a hot subject right now. And I, I can say hand to God, I did not experience any of that yeah. or run into those people. And my parents really shielded me from any of that kind of stuff. Like we didn't go to parties. We didn't, I didn't hang out with other actor kids. Right. <laughs> I just didn't. I did my job yeah. and I came home. Yeah. Praise God though. That's yes. amazing. Absolutely. That's amazing. So circling back to the post, I was just curious. Cause I know you you posted it in your stories and you, you had the response and so you were kind of like, uh, no, and posted it in your feed. But like, I know you said it made you feel sad. Did you find yourself like frustrated or were you just kind of like, this is sad? Cause I know you're a three, but you're married to an eight. <laughs> so like, I guess more of my question is, was your husband pissed? <laughs> my, my husband's response. Oh my goodness. He was like, Cause again, he's not on social media. So he's like, why are all my friends texting me? They're all texting me this picture. What just happened? Why is this in the news? And then I was like, babe, it went, I I know I'm like, it's crazy, but a couple news outlets picked it up, but now every news outlets picked it up. 
Like it was on CNN. It was nuts. Stop. It was not. I promise it was. It was on like every morning show you can think of. It was on CNN. It went, it was on Fox News. It was everywhere. And he was like, see, this is why I don't (laughs) like you posting pictures of me. (laughs) <laughs> You're like, I really shot myself at the foot I'm with this sorry. one. <laughs> He's like, that's it. I'm done for the rest of the year. You don't get another one. Like, oh yeah. Okay. This was definitely like your year worth of, of yeah. posting. Yeah, exactly. So I forgot the original question, but. <laughs> oh, just like how it made the response made you feel. Oh, well, honestly, it just made me feel like it was a slow news week. Yeah. I just thought it was really silly. Absolutely. It was really silly. And then um, I think because, again, I I don't respond in ways very often where mm-hmm. I will call people out. I'm very rarely negative on social media or rude. I don't rant. I don't, I just don't do those things because I want to be an encouraging, positive person. And I know people look to me for those things. But I think the very fact that I did say, hey, sorry, not sorry, it was important enough for me. And I think that that was encouraging. I think that there were probably, you know, it's, it's so much easier to listen to the, like the negative voices, they feel louder, Mm -hmm. but I know that there were so many women. And and if you if you dug deep enough in the comments, you could find them. The ones mm-hmm. that were like, thank you. Yes. Yes. Like this is like we've got to have fun because I mean, I'm 32. My husband and I have been married. Oh, math is hard. Over eight years. And I can we have friends that are getting divorced. Mm-hmm. We have friends that aren't making it. We have yeah. friends that are or considering splitting up. We have friends that when we have like really vulnerable conversations, aren't having sex and aren't having fun. We're 32. Like we're young in the, in the married spectrum. And so I think that someone who has been married longer and is a believer standing up and saying, Hey, we have fun. And that's a large part of why we've made it. I'll be honest. It, that day that I posted that and we connected in my DMs, I came home and was like, hey, you, <laughs> like, we're keeping this spicy. Like, we're not like, going to be come- let's get yeah. it. Like, time for the kids yes. to go to bed. Because, like, we're not going to get stale. We're not going to, like, life is crazy. But if that was the one thing that was, like, the best takeaway of the post is the fact that I encouraged a married couple to go have sex that night. Winner, like, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> but I love that you care about this and that you're passionate about it because I, you're, this is probably the fifth episode. Well, I did a four part series that was literally let's talk about sex. Obviously, my most heavily listened to series because Christians are like, yes, please, let's, let's oh, I want to go back and sex. listen to that. <laughs> well, and we talked about like purity culture and married sex and the effect that porn has on married sex and like how you can't. So like I waited until I got married to have sex, but I was still fooling around. And so I still brought sexual baggage into my marriage, Mm -hmm. even though I technically followed the Christian rules, you know? And so kind of unpacking all of those things, because this is such a multifaceted conversation, it's not just, and, and we've boiled it down to stay a virgin until you get married and then have sex. Mm-hmm. We've, we think that we can boil this very complex topic down to that. And I think that your post was like evidence of that we can't. And so in the, the I, you don't rant. I do. It's fine. I, I can cover that for you. But like talking about the double standard. And so I love that you have a, you have a daughter and boys because we were talking about how differently Christian kids are presented with sex, right? That the girls at youth group wear baggy t-shirts and shorts over their swimsuits. And then the guys are running out around without a shirt on Mm -hmm. and the girls are taught. It's your responsibility to like help your brothers in Christ stay pure. And then the guys are taught, look, we know where you're going to think about it all the time. Just like keep it in your pants. And (laughs) there's such a dichotomy. Mm -hmm. So like, how have you had those conversations with your kids kind of like evening the playing field for them? 
Great question. Um, I probably annoy my kids again because I have talked about sex with them their whole lives. I was, I'm the mom who was like, guys, I got a new sex book. Let's sit down and read it together. Oh, we're at the beach. Let's build a sandcastle and let's talk about sex. I love it. So that's your first takeaway is just talk about it. Oh, I just talk about it. And I talk about it. It's not like, I need to talk to you. We need to have a serious conversation. No, I want to have fun. Like I would drive my kids and in carpool, driving to school. Hey guys, guess what? I just heard something on the radio and they talked about sex. And do you know that blah, 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 blah. And this statistic and that's such a, I just make it a part of everyday conversation. It's normal. So there, there's no, yeah, it's taboo. Just it's not like it's not a taboo. Thing. Exactly. And I don't, I never wanted to make it that way. And same with, same with things about our bodies, same with periods and boys and what they experience going, growing mm-hmm. up. It's like, I talk about it. My husband talks about it. There's nothing that's off the table. I mean, of that's course, amazing. we don't want to make them uncomfortable, but I feel like the more the parents are comfortable talking about it, when my husband says like, oh, Natasha, are you, do you have your period? Do you need me to go get you some pads or whatever right that it's not it's not embarrassing weird. it's not weird so it never becomes uncomfortable for the kids i always just kind of made it a fun thing and tried to make it even funny like the more i could joke about it and say things that they'd be like mom i can't believe you're <laughs> talking about that and it's like well why shouldn't i be talking about it it's our bodies it's what we all go through let's talk about it and I just have always had a positive attitude. So my kids have not been embarrassed about it. Of course, yes, I can say things that. You're like, I can, I can take it there. <laughs> yes. But overall, they're very, very comfortable about it. So I've always like my point of view in talking to them is just been like, hey, this is a part of all of our lives. We all go through it. There's nothing secretive about it and there's nothing shameful about it. It's our bodies. But of course we have to care about them and there's things we share with some people and don't share with other people. And you can take it too far as far as the sharing um, atmosphere and when you're growing up, you know, but I've always just like want my kids to be comfortable with their bodies and not just Mm -hmm. with sex, but with with their actual body, the functions that happen, whether it's their, their weight, whether Mm -hmm. it's their, you know, the physical things or whether it's like, oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) I mean, I I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly editing. I'm like trying to self edit because I don't know how far I can go, but you know, when it's, you know, if, if, One of my boys wakes up and it's like, I need to change my sheets in the morning because I had a dream last night. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's throw them in the wash. I'm like, this is all, this all happens to everybody. This is not weird and you're not weird and this is not abnormal. So. Yeah. But um, I think that like, I know it's funny, but also like you've created this culture for your kids where like, if it did come down to it and something happened they would talk to you about it because it's never been weird. And ultimately that's what I want. I just have always wanted an open dialogue with my, with my children. I've wanted them to always feel comfortable that no matter what happens, whether it's good or whether they screwed up broily, Mm -hmm. I want them to know that they can trust me and feel comfortable and tell me anything and know that Yes, there may be consequences for certain things, but no matter what, I will have their back and I will help them through that. I will love them through it. And yet we will remedy it. We will work through it. And I love you no matter what, Mm -hmm. just because I know how much I screw up every day and God loves me no matter what. It's just, yes. So that is why I'm so open with my kids because I'll, I'll drop anything. I'll do anything for them, whether they're in trouble or it's a celebration, like whatever I'm there for them, but I don't Mm -hmm. want them to feel like there's certain things they can't tell me because I'll be mad or I'll be too disappointed. 
yeah, I, I'm, I might be. I mean, I'm certainly going to get mad or disappointed at times, but never to the point where I would disown you or never want to speak to you again. Like, you can't do enough that I will not be your mother anymore and love you. Right. Well, and you've set this precedent. And I think that, that that's really, inc- I mean, mine are three and six. So, you know, I, and the, I have two girls. And so I have time to create the environment and the culture that you have that they feel comfortable talking to me about any of it. And yeah, I think that the way that you've set that precedent by it not being hush hush. And I think that there are so many parents who do have these conversations with their kids, but it's still, it's still taboo. It's still like in the pockets of time. And so that's, I mean, it really is very encouraging and inspiring to me as a mom of young kids to just kind of like open the doors up and let it be a conversation. Listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now, a message from a network supporter. Some people just aren't as comfortable. It's not their personality. They're, they just are more shy about things, and that's okay too. But if you have a friend, like a girlfriend that you, if you're a mom and you have a girlfriend that you trust and know has the same worldview, same same morals as you do, Mm -hmm. but feels more comfortable talking about that. I'm like, then open up the dialogue with the three of you or with, if she has kids and if you, if you aren't as comfortable, but make sure you know that like there's other people that can help and it's okay if you're, I, I just, I say that with discretion because I wouldn't want my kids talking to someone that didn't have the same viewpoint about me. Like I, I pretty much had a, I, I was, here's an example. My kids in, they went to a private Christian school in elementary and some, and part, partly through middle school, but in high school, they've gone to public, Mm -hmm. they went to public high school, cut to health class in 10th or 11th grade. And my daughter comes home, Natasha, and she's like, mom, the health teacher was teaching us about sex, teaching us about bodily functions, but then gave her opinion about everything, her own personal opinion, not textbook, saying it's so important that you explore sex with so many partners so you can understand your body and what your needs are and what works for you and what doesn't, and that's why it's so important to have multiple sexual partners. I was like, excuse me, excuse me. This is in health class, a teacher giving her personal opinion and actually encouraging multiple sexual partners in a day and age when uh, STDs and <laughs> um, sexual sexually transmitted diseases are running rampant. I just, I just about fell off my chair and had a, you know what, fit. Right. So, <laughs> but oh the great thing about that was that my daughter recognized it. She was like, mom, it was crazy. It was crazy Mm -hmm. that she was encouraging. And I said, well, what did you do? What were the other kids saying? And she said, well, no one really talked. Everyone just listened. (laughs) She kind of, everyone's a little embarrassed to talk about it anyway. But she goes, I I just was shaking my head through the whole thing that she's like, "I, I just know that that's not what God wants for us. That's not how God tells us we should do that. Mm. Um, That's not what he intended it for. And so I praise the Lord for that. But I know because it's for years and years, I keep talking to my kids about sex. I keep having an open dialogue. So when she sat in 10th grade as a 15 or 16 year old, she already had answers and had a moral compass of what she knew was right and wrong, despite what the teacher was talking about. And how many of the other kids in that class don't have that and are now, you know, this is a person that is in a place of authority that they're supposed to listen to, that they're, if they're not having that conversation, otherwise they're just going to take that as, okay, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, that's so sad. Yeah. And frustrating. (laughs) Very frustrating. Who that mama bear would be flying out at that point. And listen, yeah, I mean, that, and that's, of course, my worldview, 
Right. Um, some people that are listening to this may say, no, I completely agree with the teacher. And that's, you're right to agree with that. But, and that's yep. the risk I take of putting my children in public school. Right. But I did, I did that with the confidence of knowing that I've been an intentional parent as a Christian and given my children, not only the resources and my instruction, but I also, I don't do it I don't ever want to do it as a dictatorship in my home. Mm -hmm. And that's the other really important part because talking about sex with my mom, which again, we didn't really talk about it. All she told me was you don't have sex until you're married, mm -hmm. but there was no why. why, why do you have sex till you're married? Nothing about actually sex itself or the pleasures or the goodness of it. It was just, you just don't do this. And so I intentionally had these conversations, but not to be a dictator. It's to say, hey, God, hey guys, this is what God's word says, and I mm -hmm. believe this is true. Uh, and of course, I, I hope you believe in God's word, but I want to know your opinion. Let's talk about it. Do you have questions? Do you disagree? Why do you disagree? What are your thoughts on it? That's the other mm -hmm. part of my conversation and why... I do believe my kids have strong relationships with Christ because I've never tried to force it on them. I mm -hmm. teach it to them and it's how I act and how my husband acts. We, I always think above all, you have to walk the walk. You can't just talk the talk, Amen. but you have to have, we have to be able to disagree. We have to have the open dialogue. I mean, <laughs> my house is fiery. Okay. And I think this is the other perception that, people don't really think about me in this way because I am a, like a, a, a soft and gentle person, but right. my husband's an eight, my daughter's an eight. Um, so we're still figuring out one of my kids. Um, my other son is a three. If you're, you're not a three, I'm a three. And if you're not into the Enneagram, it's okay. Whatever. If people we are listening just, to this, they probably are. <laughs> okay. We have very strong personalities. So very. I would equate, um, you know, my husband is Russian, but it, it's like if, and my daughter takes on a lot of those types of strong traits as well. But if you think of like, you know, those hot headed Italians, or I know I'm generalizing this might, no, but, but yeah, like, I, this is how our home is a lot of the time we are strong and fiery people. So we love having conversations. And I don't know, because you're an eight, mm -hmm. it's like, if there isn't yelling and disagreeing, I, w I shouldn't say yelling. If there isn't like a hot headed disagreement, then it's not a real conversation. hundred <laughs> percent. My, I tell my husband, sometimes I can tell when I haven't had a good debate in a while. Cause I like need it. Cause I'm married exactly. to a one with a very strong nine wing. Oh, so wow. I married my total oh, opposite, total opposite, which is great. And he's wonderful and I need it. But sometimes I'm like, fight with me. Like yeah. <laughs> I need that's, to like throw down. <laughs> exactly. That's what it's like at my, at my house. So those that. open discussions, but ones where we don't agree are very needed. And I think that's important in raising your children too, is that you allow them to disagree. Yes. You might have the answers. Yes, you might have the wisdom and experience because you're older and you've lived life, but let them express it. Let them work it out. Let them mm -hmm. talk it through and then let them live it and let them come to their conclusion, you know, Amen. speak into it, but let them have their life and thoughts and encourage yeah. them. One of the best gifts my parents gave me was stopping making me go to church when I was 16. Mm. They, it, once I could drive, they were like, you can come or you cannot come. Like, if you don't want to come, that's fine. And there were days that I didn't go. I did. I grew up in a Christian home, but didn't really take it on as my own until I was about 20. And so there was a long time that I didn't go to church. But once I did go, once I went to college, was living on my own and got plugged in with a church, it was my choice. Yeah. It wasn't continuing, continuing on something that my parents had forced me to do. I wanted to go. I wanted that relationship. I wanted that community and to be poured into. And it was one of, they also stopped giving me a curfew and they were like, you're going to go to school tomorrow. <laughs> you're either going right. to go rested or right. really tired, you know? So there's something to be said for that dialogue. Like you're talking about natural consequences, which is so hard because we just, yeah. 
if you really do just want the best for your kids, yeah. I don't want to watch you run into that brick wall. And I have the tools to help you not run into that brick wall. But if I love you and I trust you, I'm going to let you run into the wall because then we can sit yeah. down and we can have a conversation about, let's talk about the wall. Like Exactly. <laughs> it really is one of the hardest things as a parent to do is to sit back and watch your kids make the mistakes, but you have to, that's part of being a good parent. You got to let them do it. But mm. I know I don't, I don't always do it. There's yeah. so many oh, times yeah. where I've just jumped in to save and so is my husband. And then, you know, we're like, should have let him, should have let him. Should have let that one run itself out. <laughs> uh, before we close, I want to talk about your new line with Dayspring, Love Over All. So can you tell us a little bit about your line? And then I also kind of want to hear about that experience of like creating a line. I would love to. So I have, I call it a, a, a mind style collection as opposed to a lifestyle collection. Mind style, just because it's more than the outside look of something that uh, a look and feel, it comes from within because I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I, I know most people know me as an actor, but of course, over the years, I've been in this business over 30 years, but I, you know, I produce all those Hallmark movies that I'm in. Yeah. And I it's so very three of also, you. <laughs> it is. You're like, I'm a full bro, one three. <laughs> Full blown. I'm, it's kind of crazy. Um, I love it. And as a three, there's a lot of things that <laughs> we're like switching topics, but there's okay. like, oh, you should work on that because that's very three of you and not the healthiest way. But I don't recognize it as being unhealthy. No, because it gets the job done. Yeah. And I'm like, but I like that, but that's good. I like that. I'm really motivated. I like that. I'm super competitive. I like that. I want to win and beat everyone. I yeah. like that. I want to be number one. Okay. <laughs> but like, you're preaching to the choir right now because I'm like, wait, I like that. I'm combative. Am I not supposed to be? Wait, the Bible talks about peace. That's a bummer. Like <laughs> I, I know. hear you. Yeah. And, but yeah. that's the beauty of the Enneagram is that exactly it shows you these things and gives you, you know, it's so much more complex than just like, this is your type. I was explaining it. My parents are just starting to get into it. And I was explaining to them how like you're at one time connected to five numbers, mm -hmm. you know, that you're not just your yeah. type and that yeah. it helps you grow and it helps you understand other people. Like we were DMing and you said something about your husband and your daughter being eights and I asked what you were and you said three. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, because you have, you do all of the things and you do them well, you're not like just doing the thing, <laughs> right. you're like the right. best at doing all of the things. Right. Always the goal. So, I get it. Always the goal. Um, although I think as, as the three, what I've learned, I actually have learned to, I love being competitive and wanting to do everything very well and have my hands in everything, but learning to be gracious to all the people around me that are doing their thing and doing it well. And that's the mm -hmm. one thing over the years, like I, I love encouraging people. I love mm -hmm. building them up. I want to support all the people all yeah. the women, all the men. And not just because it's something to say, come on, women, we have to, women have to support women. It's not because no. this is suddenly become a hashtag in the last few years. No, right. no, no. I genuinely in my competitiveness have learned because of God's word mm -hmm. and saying, do what you do well, do it yes. with everything that you do. It's okay to have a competitive nature, but root, use that competitiveness to root other people on and build yes. them up. I mean, God's always talking about building others up. And so in my threeness, it's to build others up in graciousness and authenticity as well. And yeah. saying like, I have to win. It's like, no, I just have to win with what I'm doing for me. It's not about exactly. somebody else. I just need to know that I'm doing the best job I can do and do it with all my heart and honoring God with it. And then I know I win. Right. And it's redefining success. Like for you, 
I want to do the best that I can, but I also want to take other people with me. I don't want to get there alone. You know, I don't want to get to the, whatever the finish line is. I I mean, and the little that I have gotten to like experience your orbit, you do that extremely well. So thank you. You, thank you. I mean, when you responded to my original story, I was like, this girl's got 4 million followers. How is she even (laughs) seeing that somebody like, I didn't, I never in a million years thought that you would see it, much less respond, much less we would be like having an hour long conversation. Well, you should thank whoever screenshot your post because someone screenshot it and sent it to me. And every once in a while I go through my DMs of, you know, people that I don't follow. I don't do that every day. So I don't see them I don't see all of them. And I also have yeah. someone that helps with my social media Yeah, um, that does a lot of that. But every once in a while, I go through it. And because there was so much press on that particular topic, I had gone through and someone screenshot and linked your post. Huh. I, I don't know which follower of yours that was. Yeah. I clicked on it. And then I, sw- I swear I'm like, I, I'm a, like a beacon attracts me to, to number eight. I'm just like, I love it. Really strong. I love strong people with a strong opinion, but that are kind about it that don't, Mm -hmm. that just aren't rude and disrespectful to other people that don't share that same opinion. I mean, that's the difference. I, I love people who know who they are, but can say that in a way that is not dishonoring to the people who don't believe the same around them. Amen. So anyway, that your, feels rare. <laughs> your, yes, your your post uh, caught caught my eye from from that person, but I forget what we were even talking about. Well, we were trying but- to talk about your line, and then we started <laughs> talking about the Enneagram, and then we started talking about Instagram. <laughs> well, it, I'll bring this back around to to my mind style brand with bring that's been for a few years, and the latest collection is called love overall. And that is taken from the verse in Colossians 3, it's verses 12 through 14, that tells us, put on kindness, put on compassion, put on forgiveness, put on patience, but above all, mm-hmm. put on love because love binds all those virtues in unity. Mm-hmm. And that's what that verse says. So I have have created a line of faith-based products which has been a dream of mine for more than 10 years to then, this is what the verse talks about. It is a daily reminder to put love on. We put our clothes on, we put our makeup on, we put our lip gloss on, our deodorant on every single morning. But if we forget to put on love, that affects every person that we interact with throughout our day, whether it's our kids, our husband, the person at Starbucks, at the grocery store, yeah. whoever. And so it's so important. Um, and then these products, they range from t-shirts to desktop accessories, note cards. Uh, and then I also have a line of devotionals and even the Bible. I was and, say, you have a, a Bible edition, don't you? I do. I yeah. do. Um, we have one right now and it's called the Encourage Bible, That's which you may is. have yeah. heard about. And then I just have a, a little special version of the Encourage Bible. So anyway, my whole, my, listen, if you ask me like, what's my purpose in life or goal or my favorite job or whatever, because I do do a lot of things. I love being an actress. I love being a producer. I love being a writer. I love all the things that I get to do. But I really just want to share Jesus with people. That's my heart. That's my goal in life. And so I get to do that with the talent and the blessings God's given me. I get to do that through movies. I get to do that through writing books. I get to do that through product lines. And that's why I wanted to develop it because I, I love all the pretty things. I want pretty things in my home. I want to wear awesome stuff that has scripture on it, but I just want it to be cool. Right. I like that. That was like the whole point. Like you don't want to get it a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And like I also live in LA, and I don't even have access. I mean, I do now because of the internet. But LA in general, uh, over the years, especially you know, twenty years ago, I didn't have access to faith-based products because they. Mm. No, it's not like being in the South where 
you go into a secular store and there's things that still talk about God or Jesus or right. faith or coffee and Jesus. I'm like, right. I don't get those things in LA. I just no. don't. They don't sell well here. And um, so that was part of wanting to always have a branded collection of products that are faith inspired, but that I would actually want in my home that look yeah. beautiful, that are contemporary, that fit my style, that don't feel old fashioned. Yeah. And I looked at it and it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And I, I want to say that I feel like that the fact your desire, your main goal that exudes from you. And that is so obvious in everything that you do, that your desire is to glorify God and point other people to him. And so that is unbelievably encouraging as somebody with a tiny little toe in public life and, you know, kind of running my own race, watching somebody do this so well. It's kind of cool to have somebody to look up to that's done it and done it well and run their race and continues to like to the glory of God. I'm really thankful for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. But uh, I will just say in the same vein, you keep doing you because you are awesome. Congratulations on your book deal. That is Thank you. so, so exciting. And I mean, I'm new to your podcast and, uh, you know, it's just been a few weeks and now I'm, I follow you on Instagram, but like you are, you are doing you awesome. So just keep doing it. And like I, I had said before, you just always keep you, you know, your heart focused on Jesus, that's always there in the forefront of everything you do. And you will, you will do well, no matter what you do. Thank you so much you. for this whole conversation and taking the time <laughs> out of your busy schedule. This was so, I think we could have like just kept going, I but know. I'm just so thankful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're so welcome. This is fun. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Times have changed at Country Meadows, but we're still providing services, care, and protection for each of our residents. We're finding new ways to help them stay connected and enjoy life. Our residents can safely socialize with friends, share family visits, and stay active. Sure, things are different and will continue to evolve, but we're making life the best it can be. We promise. And if the time is right for you, click the banner below to request information. Country Meadows. Welcome, life. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.